Welcome to Create Consume. I'm Joe Bowers, and with me today is Mr. Bailey from Concept Kicks. Well, the format, the format, basically, just so you know, is it's really conversational. I I tend to try to stay away from like, you know, straight interviews as much as just, you know, having some conversation about creative shit. Um, I'm yeah. just as interested in what people are making as what they're consuming and curating and everything else. And you're very much squarely in the curating space. I feel like with your concept kick so that's that's a huge part of why i was interested in um bringing you on um so yeah we'll, we'll just have basically a conversation it should last about an hour um okay it's really really brain dead simple um i'm it's basically this is my <laughs> basically just my excuse to get people like you to to talk to me <laughs> What you can tell me, much. yeah. <laughs> so it's something that you wear on your body. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. <laughs> All right. No, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it really fucking vague. Um, no, I mean, so it's. I've been very, very careful about um, kind of doing any any collaborations with Concept Kicks. You know, yeah. I've been had some really really amazing brands reach out to do collaborations and stuff, and been super humbled. But it's just kind of one of those things where. I only want to only want to put out something that's interesting from a product design standpoint, not just put colors on something. Yeah. Um, and so, got reached out to um, by a pretty new brand, but they, what they're doing is really the, the, the construction method that's used to make their shoes is something that's been around for a long time, but not no one's really done anything with. Um, and so basically, they have. Um, they have their own factory in Shanghai, um, and so we were out there and just like, you know, balls deep in just materials and uh, machinery and, and and just trying to apply like more contemporary construction methods to this to you know to to to, to different applications awesome. of you know way, the way that they've made shoes like for you know 120 years or whatever you know just trying to trying to bring some newness to this to this construction method and. Honestly, I think some of the stuff that we came up with is just, you know, it's never really, I've never, I've never seen it on a shoe um, up to this point. It's just, just because of the nature of the way that the shoes are constructed would make you think like there's no way that you could apply certain materials to it. But mm. we just had a lot of fun just trying to like, we basically had to engineer um, what, what was really great about it is the one thing that I think that's the concept kicks, you know, it's, I'm curating projects um and process and, and displaying people's processes um on there mm. and i would say i'm a bit of an arsehole when it comes to that stuff because <laughs> I, I you know like if if my if like one of my best friends like does something and asks me to post it i'm just not gonna fucking post it if i don't like it like yeah. I, it has to it has to fit with what or, or, or like the standard that, that or just just well not even a high standard whatever it's just i have to like it you know? yeah yeah and um I've experienced Sorry. that tension in relationships yeah. <laughs> with yeah. where the the friendship is weighed against my quality standards. And yeah, depending <laughs> on what stage I'm life I'm in, 
yeah. kind of determines who's going to win that battle. But yeah, yeah, and so I mean, you know, you just have to. You know, it's funny because I was having a conversation with. Um, there's this super talented designer. Um, she's based in London, London called Helen Kirkham. Oh, cool. And, and she's she's incredibly talented, and she's getting reached out to by all these like, you know, world famous fashion designers and these huge, huge, huge brands. Um, and she just she's so lovely, right? That she 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 needs to bring out the inner arsehole within herself, right? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> not you can't. You know what I mean? You can't just. It's a difference between being a nice person and enabling someone, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we both, you know, I, I know you know that this isn't this lane isn't for everybody. You know what I mean? No. Like for product design, of course, and then footwear design, um, or, or any kind of creative endeavor. Like not everybody has, you know, the skill. Or the temperament. Or the passion or temperament, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... This has come up a lot. Being super nice. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, this has come up a, a, a lot in conversations lately, is that, you know, when, when people talk about what it takes to be a successful designer, they often... I mean, they, of course, the obvious bring up, like, design skills, and there's a heavily debate about what design skills are actually necessary, but then there's... Yeah. Or artistic capability or creativity. But then there's also a lot of talk, I feel like, about, you know, being like the professional character traits, like reliability, the ability to finish things on time, um, being responsible, but, and being able to sell your work and sell yourself. Yeah. yeah, There's also the less talked about thing. It just, yeah, there's a temperament, there's a thick skin, there's a tenacity required. um, And there is, yeah, like, like you said, there's, there's an, you, you can't be too, uh, codependent in the in needing validation from people or being a people pleaser there's there's a level of like yeah assholeness that you need you need to stand up for yourself you need to push for your ideas but there's also that balance of not being an entitled total brat um exactly yeah it's a there's so much in being successful designer and being being suited suited for this kind of life and that's it and and I feel like the more talented and, and skilled and, and the more your work kind of hits um, some kind of like, I don't know, nerve within the industry. And then everyone wants to reach out to you. Just like, like Helen, who's she's smashing it. She's killing it. I can't but wait then, to look up her stuff. Yeah, like she, she does incredible, incredible stuff. And so she, she'll need to figure out, like in my humble opinion, she'll need to like figure out how to kind of mesh the assholeness with the sweetness that she has because she's incredibly sweet yeah and you know it's just one thing like you know when the business side of the industry tries to latch onto that they will just try to they will try to suck you dry as much as oh, they can yeah. take as much as possible and it's like when you see that when you see that happen you're just like ah just chill like just stop for a second like just just know that you're the commodity here yeah right like you're they're reaching out to you you know um i wonder about that with virgil Mm. because that dude is that's so funny that you said virgil from this because when you see her stuff i won't say anything but oh really yeah i just think uh virgil is just the nicest dude and so low-key in my in my brief experience with him maybe there's a lot about his personality i'm not familiar with but 
mm. and he's just skyrocketed. Um, yeah. Like the first time I met him, he was a uh, he was well known to me and to people in my world, but he wasn't yet like known to every hype beast kid out there like yeah. he is now. Like after the the ten collabs with a uh, with Nike and and being hired by Louis Vuitton and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now he's just a household name. Like everybody knows who he is, but um, I've wondered about it. Like that going from just being kind of a niche, um, niche name to being a household name so fast mm. and being that nice of a guy. I just, yeah, I wonder how much pressure he's feeling right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, and also like, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know him. I know quite a few people around him. I know, you know, like a few of the off-white team and you hear stories and stuff like that. Like he's a super lovely guy. Yeah. Um, Universally. Yeah. Everybody um, seems to agree on that. And I guess it just proves like, I don't know. I mean, and I could be really wrong in this analogy, but like, it's not even really an analogy, but like in this cross-reference of someone like a LeBron James, right? Mm -hmm. Like who, right. So what makes Michael Jordan great at basketball makes him just a horrible person. Yeah, like, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to want to hang out with Michael Jordan because he's going to want to just be a dick about everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to win. He's going to want to win at everything, mm -hmm. which is like, bro, like, you don't need to drink your tea faster than me. Like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. like, we're, we're relaxing right now. I know a couple and people then, exactly like that. Yeah, and it's just like, all right, like, pump the brakes. Like, it's cool. And then there's someone like LeBron who, Again, I've not met LeBron either, but like from what I've heard, it's just a, and and it comes across at least to me. I mean, he ha he has his moments where he, he might break his like arm by patting himself on the back too much, but like he just seems like he's a good like a nice guy, right? Yeah. Like, and all of his teammates seem to love him, and mm -hmm. it just kind of and the reason why I say all that is just because I I feel like you can succeed and be a nice guy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? No, I totally, um, I, I totally agree with that. And I think uh, people get so bent out of shape trying to define what the successful personality type is. Yeah. Um, but I think the real answer is really like whatever your authentic self is, if the more yeah, you lean exactly. into that, you're going to be successful. And, the, and, and that comes with like, I don't think Michael Jordan could have been successful if he didn't pursue that naturally competitive asshole thing about himself. You know, yeah. like Michael Jordan couldn't be LeBron. LeBron couldn't be Michael. Yeah. You know, exactly. like they, they, their, their own way is the way to do it and lean into that. I mean, and that should be actually my, um, the first designer I interned for George Benchitrit is a really talented designer in, in New York. He, that's basically was his advice to me. It's like, find out who you are and lean into it. Yeah, and like once you find out who you are, you'll look back and you realize like, oh, I knew this the whole time, but it's like kind of hard to find it before that point. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's definitely true. And I think yeah, yeah. LeBron, LeBron seems to be a little bit more of a, a, a Zen um, guy, mm -hmm. just just slightly. Yeah, and I and I I think that's kind of the guy I, I want to be. Like I I definitely ask anybody who's collaborated or worked with me have plenty of assholeness. That is not my issue. <laughs> Um, I don't need to foster <laughs> the assholeness. Foster what, the assholeness. Yeah, I. What, for me, I just need to. I need to foster some uh, flexibility. You know, the ability, and this actually bringing it back to Virgil. Um, when I was in, at ComplexCon, doing did, did, 
Oh, yeah, you weren't at ComplexCon, but it, 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 we had a really cool um, booth with Virgil and Takashi Murakami um, oh, and Levi's, and they were screen printing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember seeing it on your, on your story. Oh, yeah, so yeah, fun. Yeah. Still yeah. riding that high. But uh, <laughs> they had a bunch of Takashi and Virgil screen print, uh, like screens for screen printing just laying in a room full of, and inside that room also were, it was just stacks of white denim 501s and Levi's trucker jackets and anybody who came into the booth and there was a line for 14 hours out the door, literally, um, could buy one of those trucker jackets, or whatever, and screen print it with Virgil's and Takashi's screens. And they get to choose like how it's set up and everything else. And depending on what time you went in, Virgil and Takashi were in there screen printing their own stuff um, at certain points. And then they would leave most of the time they weren't in there. But it was interesting because they basically just set up a play place for all these hypebeast kids to come in and do whatever the hell they wanted. And they took that liberty. You know, there's a bunch of, I mean, these kids are fans of streetwear. So they're, they're just kind of have a creative mindset. And they just started doing so much crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And to the point where we were, the people running the show uh, were uh, like particularly on the Levi side, we're just kind of like, wait, is this okay? Should we be able to do this? Is it, is this how this is supposed to go? And it was funny watching Virgil come in, and I just immediately got nervous because um, I can't even remember what people are doing. Um, but it was pushing the envelope of what, like, yeah, are we supposed to be able to screen print on the back of the leg here? Like, this isn't how the rig is set up <laughs> or whatever. And uh, and it was supposed to be like a collab with Virgil, but he was having such a light touch on the thing that we were like nervous that this wasn't going the way he wanted. He like walks in and we get like suddenly nervous, like, oh, is this is this okay? And he looks at it and he just goes, huh, sick. And then just moves on. And <laughs> there was something about that that I just like uh, loved. It was just like, he was so, uh, you, he was clearly stoked on seeing what these kids did with the materials that he supplied. And he was flexible yeah. and Zen about it. Um, and it was a small thing, but I, I it was, uh, it was I was like, yeah, cool. I want to be like that. There's, there's a, there's like a Bruce Lee philosophy of martial art that like, you know, the the most strong things are the most flexible. Yeah. 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 Um, and as a creative, I, I could, I could foster that being stubborn yes. and pushing for my ideas is not the thing that I need to work on. I get you. And I, I mean, and I think that's why probably I think it would make sense of why maybe some of the most successful things that, Virgil has done have been collaborations. Yeah. Right? Cause then that makes sense as to why he would be so open. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's, it's one thing to have control and, and, and to make sure shit's done correctly. I think that's very important, but I think it's also just like, you know, you, you know how it is. I mean, in our small community of quote unquote creatives, everyone seems to get along great. Like people that are genuinely like about the creation of things. Mm -hmm tend to have personality traits that, you know, I, I think tend to get along decently. I've not met anyone that I really, I don't know, and maybe, I don't know, I, I would say around, I'll put some limitations on it as far as like age. I'll say I've not met anyone that's around my age um, that I've met that's doing interesting, creative things that I've not really liked. Yeah. Um, they've all been pretty open um, willing to share ideas um, and you know just 
I don't know, just lovely people, to be honest. No, you know? it, there's definitely true. Like, I call them uh, trolls. There are these guys out there, and I've met a few of them that are doing brilliant, brilliant, brilliant creative work, but they're, mm -hmm. uh, their wounded idealism and their own egos have kind of forced them into shadow. You know, they forced them into <laughs> their own little basements where they keep pumping out creative work, but uh, they don't have any of the... Um, tact and warmth to get people to pay attention so their work just dies in obscurity sometimes and that's really yeah. unfortunate i have one friend out here who won't name names but uh, <laughs> i worked on him for years to try to get him out of his basement because i thought i think his work is so brilliant and i want him to yeah. work with me and, and do really cool things and it's just he just doesn't have that ability and it's not that he's a a bad person he just lacks the the, mm. the personality skills yeah. Um and and he's genius. But yeah, like uh but yeah, the people in the scene that you see regularly and you know their name, there's a reason you kinda know their name. That's not always tied to their work. It's like, yeah, they do good work and they're around. Yeah. And if they're around, they're gonna be they're social and they like people and they uh and they're they're generally kinda good at Yeah. Being I mean that's around. something that's yeah. new for me as well, I can't lie. It's not something that I would naturally be like, you know, like when you like when you came to London and you hit me up and we met, you know, like that's gen how my general interaction would, would, would be with people. Um, but then when uh, when my boy David, uh, he came on, like came into concept, he came into the concept kicks kind of uh, bubble and he's a little bit more, even though he wouldn't admit it, a little bit more socially. Um, I don't know just interactive than I am in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'd go, we'd like, you know, we've got to go to, uh, to Linea Pele, um, in, in Milan and oh, yeah, cool. we go to some, 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 um, some fashion weeks and all that stuff. And honestly, they've become some of the best things about being in the, being in this industry. Cause I'll go over and I'll already know a bunch of people, but then, you know, like we'll, we'll all meet up in a collective and, and before you know it, there's like 25, 30 people sat at a table, you know, we've <laughs> got like, the guys from we got the, the the guys from Off White filling pieces. Ralph Lauren, uh, you you can name a whole bunch of names, but and then there's also just people that are just individually just create that in, incredible um, creatives, you know, in their in their respected fields. And we're so all at the table just sharing, you know, just you know making you know taking taking the piss out of each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's, a, it's it's such a good vibe. You know what I mean? And and that I think is something that I didn't naturally have, but I feel like just because I've kind of that's just it just kind of happened and now it's something that I, I just know how valuable it is you know yeah and there's something about growing up uh i mean the, the social media is nice right for this stuff like that's how we connected is uh yeah. you know you can be an introvert um incredibly introverted socially awkward person but you can probably hang on instagram um yeah, and your yeah, work yeah. get the exposure without you having to work too hard to sell yourself and yeah. that's really nice it's given given a home for a lot of brilliant people that would otherwise, you know, not be carrying around their their uh, their portfolio under their arm and like showing it off to people. It's really nice, and Instagram's giving people kind of a platform to share. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, I agree. I think um, not expecting it, but like being a creative person in this kind of creative tribe, particularly in, mm -hmm. in fashion and footwear, where I've unexpectedly found myself. 
it's a small mm-hmm. group and it's it's full of really cool people and those, oh, yeah, definitely. those relationships have proven to be surprisingly valuable to me as a person I also feel like the like, well, internet and social media has proven to be like the ultimate kind of how how could I best describe it? Like a watering Basically, hole. Yeah, definitely a watering hole. Almost like the, a, a great kind of like. Basically, if you're right, so it's it's kind of like the way I say. Like I played, I grew up playing basketball. Yep. And you know, I got I got to be good. I got to be really good. You know, for my 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 pool of talent in a tiny city in England. Right, like yeah, you know, um, it's a lot easier to be good in yeah. a small city in England. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a big fish in a small pond. Right, exactly. Um, then I went to America to play. You know, I had scholarship to play basketball in America, and I and I and I did well. But that's the ultimate test, right? Yeah. And the way that I see Instagram, and you know, even Instagram is you know, it's such it's just a, a hyperbolic version of Bayhams, right? Like it's. Well, not even hyperbolic. It's it's just a, a more a more seen um, platform than like a Behance. Behance is definitely more yeah focused. Obviously, yeah, definitely. But, and you're um, not you're not finding yourself just randomly opening up Behance too much. I, would, I don't think. Right. To, like, exactly. Browse. And um, so it's the ultimate like it's the ultimate kind of tester. Like, how good am I? Oh, for because, sure. Because you can see that. Like the top of the top are right there. It's just it's easy for you to see. You got your profiles. Oh shit, this guy's sick. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna follow this guy. Oh wow, this this woman is incredible. Let me follow her. This this team over here. What the fuck are they? That's mad. Oh yeah. You know, and, then and, got, and this guy you know, did, this guy just posted something that makes me feel like garbage because it's yeah, so exactly. good and I suck right? so bad now. Exactly. And then you just like it's constantly. Like, I remember like when I was starting to get into rendered and I, I was feeling good about myself. And then there was another guy. Um, who hosted some shit and I was like, oh wow, I'm fucking terrible. Yeah. You know, but then you just Those like you take punches. it as a challenge. Yeah, totally. exactly. You just like, all right, I see what you've done here. Let me see, let me break down how you how you've done this. No, you, you I think you described it perfectly. Honestly, like that's a I mean you're the average of your top your of your closest five friends, right? That was like what yeah. I was told growing up. Yeah, so yeah, pick yeah. your friends carefully. And it sucked growing up because my friends sucked. Like <laughs> <laughs> notice I mean actually to be fair to my friends. I had the best friends as people. They were great people. Mm-hmm. Our interests had nothing close to being yeah. aligned. We didn't listen to the same music. We had zero of the same interest. I'm very grateful for the friends I had early on in my life because they were quality people just pure by luck. So if I have any patience or humility or kindness, if I have any of those things, it comes from my early, early friends. But yeah. it was incredibly frustrating that they were not cool, uh, <laughs> basically illiterate, had zero interest in the in art, um, and uh, that was a, re- a real struggle for me growing up. And it was just, I mean, when I when Instagram or and Behance and even Facebook and all these all these ways to connect showed up, the first thing I did is like go find my people. I got to go find my tribe. So yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's been incredibly rewarding. I can be the average of my 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 people, and I can pick yeah. my people. And so you have a a total control on the kind of person that you become that it's unprecedented. Nobody ever had access to this. It's, it's really interesting. 
Yeah. And, and you can see it like, I, oh man, I just did this thing. I, I just went back into a yesterday. I'm not a nostalgic person at all. I never look back. Um, it's kind of a weird thing about me, but um, I went back and was trying to find a file on my old Dropbox from like school and before. Mm -hmm. And I found so much shit and it, it opened my eyes to how much I've changed. Um, yeah. Oh, so much like, uh, and it, and it comes really down to the people that I associate with and the places that I hang out, whether online yeah. or real life has really shaped you. So, I mean, the mom and dad were right. I guess the point is like, be really careful about yeah, who you choose who you hang to hang out with. And, and you can, you have that choice now. It's yeah, not a default absolutely. thing. Put yourself in, in, yeah, in, in a scene and stay there if, and know, and kind of get good at like knowing what you're going to pick up there and how it's going to affect yeah. you. Exactly. And then you can also just like, you know, pick, pick and choose like what things that these people do that, you, you know, I like the way they do that. I'm yeah. going to try, I'm going to try that for myself and not necessarily like not copying people, but just learning from, from, from what they're doing. And I think that's, you know, it's nothing else. It's like Instagram is just a bunch of people showing their process. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, aside from the people that take selfies and take pictures <laughs> of their food. Like, uh, <laughs> but even that, I mean, but, that's pretty honest, isn't it? That says a lot. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of isn't. It kind of isn't, right? Like, if you're just, if you take 500,000 pictures and you post the best one with the best lighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you, you know, you're taking pictures of your food. <laughs> you've been taking it for so long that the food's gotten cold now it tastes like shit you know what I mean like <laughs> but uh, yeah it, I mean that's you know honest I mean? and like show, I, I think we, we've all gotten so good at, at spotting that that it's like yeah, it's I'm, I'm kind of the yeah. I'm kind of on the team like it's people talk about the inauthenticity of Instagram like no man there's no way to lie on Instagram mm. anymore we see through it all and yeah. it's kind of I mean it puts us in a real vulnerable spot yeah but but I think it's no, good. it's true. I think it's interesting that you say that as well, because I mean, I think that, and this is, and this is something that you know, whether I'm doing stuff for for clients or collaborations or, or whatever it is, um, I think a big kind of running theme as of late has been transparency. Yeah. But like authentic transparency, mm -hmm. and um, you know, not like redoing shit to make it look better like nah, like this is the fuck this was it this is what we did it might not be pretty might not be you know might not be polished but this is the legit thing that happened and just sharing that process because that's the one thing that like i guess going back to you know the reason why i was in shanghai yeah is we doc we documented the whole thing you know that's oh cool you know, there's, there's, there's products that are going to come out of this which i'm super like you know um excited about but the other thing, which is equally as important, is with documenting the whole thing, right? Oh, like that's so hard to do. Yeah, and so and I mean, it's just that's kind of what I want to do. Like, we've got another 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 potential project that I'm going to be meeting meeting with these guys. With a, I mean, they're they're it's a huge brand. Like, I'm fucking beyond excited to work on this thing as well. It'll be another potential collaboration. But like, the whole thing with them is they need to reach a new uh, demographic mm. and um you know so you get these guys that like you know uh they, they reach out to you and they have ideas and all that stuff and you know you can, it's 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 always interesting to hear how other people kind of see the industry and and your place within it yeah totally. but then also like 
you know what I mean? It's just kind of like that back and forth that you have. And then you kind of throw out these ideas that you just like in an ideal world, I would love this to happen. And then they're like, Oh fuck, we love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh shit. I can't believe it. Okay. Um, and so like, let, let's roll, let's do it. And, but like the whole thing is like, basically let's share your process in a more interesting way, in a transparent way. Um, hmm and get the right people involved so that we can do that. And the work that's going to come out of it is going to be so exciting, but also so valid. Do you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to share a process that's, you know, it's just purely marketing or whatever. You're just doing it. Right. For, I mean, it's all, I mean, it is, I mean, arguably it is all marketing, but like you can tell, you know, it, 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 whether that marketing hits or if it doesn't depends on how valid the content is, I would argue. Yeah. You know and, I mean? oh, man, and process is so fun. It's so fun. To yeah, it is. Exactly. You see that you see Kanye tweeting um like an early like sketch prototype of the 750. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he would just like he cut carved parts out of the boot, the military boot. Yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't it was probably a design I was working for, but like the military boot and like put a sock through it so you could see the sock showing through. Like that and that I mean it looked like a seven fifty. Um and I thought mm. it was I love that shit. I love seeing those really raw process picks that yeah. are gestural and beautiful. And if your process, I mean, process can be really ugly, but there is like, I don't know. I think, I think there's like a moment when you're, when you're in a groove and you're making stuff and even early sketches are just feeling like, like they've got a flow to them and you know that you're in the right way. And, and that, yeah, yeah. and those are unfiltered, beautiful. Um, yeah, totally. And then some of it's really ugly, but I think yeah, there's a lot. To, <laughs> I think there's a lot to to show for uh, for both of those things. Definitely, it's definitely great to be able to show some kind of like physical like manifestation of like all those synapses that are like firing off like mad. You know, like when you're yeah. like, in the shower or whatever, and you're just like, oh, this can be like this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Yeah. But like you never never really get to show that. So at least if like if you can share it's your really process, it's really hard to document it when you're in that mode. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, so absolutely. hard. If I'm in the in the synapse firing mode where I'm trying to connect dots and trying to explore a story or a narrative and then changing directions and like, well, what about this? What about this? Like I can't even really hold a decent conversation, much less like pull out my <laughs> yeah. phone and take a picture. Yeah. Exactly. You know, when I'm in that mode, I, and I know I'm like working with my designers, and I can like. I hear what I'm saying to them and I'm like, I sound like an idiot. I just don't, I can't, I don't have any extra brain juice to like form a coherent sentence. You just have to read my mind right now. And if you don't read my mind, get the fuck out of here. Cause I don't have time for that. Like you gotta be, yeah, if you're yeah, going to be yeah. in this room working on me right now, you gotta be like, we gotta be, be all tuned into each other. We have to be like, be yeah. kind of picking a, reading each other's mind at least a little bit in order for this to go well. So to stop and like take pictures in that mode, yeah. uh, nearly impossible but i think it's if you can if you can do that please do yeah to anybody I mean, I listening to i want to see those pictures <laughs> yeah or some like x-rays or some shit yeah that's or what I, I, was, I was actually really excited about the snap glasses the snap lenses where they you know they have the camera mounted on your head all right oh, and you can actually what and you can see like your brain activity or something or no 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 have you, have you not seen this the snap the, like snapchat uh, release the oh, glasses okay, with the okay, camera okay. And, the, and the frames. Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry, and sorry, I think sorry. it's just uploading like 15 second um, snaps to like Snapchat, and they're cool and everything. But like, just the idea of like having a hands-free camera uh, yeah. on my shop glasses, or you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. just constantly recording like a, a policeman's body cam on my creative process is like really 
I would love that. Um, something short you of having a GoPro strapped to my head. <laughs> you know, this might be this might be a huge mistake to say, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and because I, you know, you get these little nuggets of information, and you don't. It, I mean, the, the source could be massively. I mean, I'm sure it's massively questionable. Right. Okay. But I remember reading. Uh, I can't remember if, it was re- if I was reading it or if it was a YouTube video. <laughs> but um, they're talking about how they'll be able to monitor your dreams. They'll actually be able to record your dreams. Like oh, you, yeah. Right? Like they, they've done something where they can actually start to create images of your thoughts. And um, at some point, they'll be able to actually, you'll be able to wake up and watch your dreams back. Oh, man. That would be amazing. I mean, th- so as far as this is, yeah. Totally regret already going on the stand because I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm so out of my depth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just, it's funny you should say that because I was just reading some uh, article about how they are doing these brain scans and how they are pinpointing things in your dreams and how they are recognizing certain things in your dreams, but it's pretty rudimentary yeah. currently. Like the way they yeah. like can actually scan your, your brain while you're dreaming being like, oh, this happened is by comparing your your sleeping scans to your waking scans. So they'll be like, so, for example, if they want to see if you're dreaming about, I don't know, your girlfriend, they'll say, like, they'll, like, talk about your girlfriend with you while you're awake, see the patterns from the uh, scans, okay. and then put you to sleep, and then watch those patterns, and if those patterns repeat in the dream, then they'll, they're like, oh, he was dreaming about his girlfriend. And, it, uh, but, like, that is as advanced as I've heard, you know, and I thought mm, that was kind of a pretty okay. clever way to see. Um, yeah. But I do hear the same thing, like, that people are, are developing these texts to like, yeah, it to rewatch the movie. And it would be really, really interesting because I think the kind of the parts of your brain that dream and the parts of your brain that are uh, download are receiving information while you're awake are just two totally different parts. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, everybody knows anybody who's uh, dreamed or has had uh, waking chemically induced altered states through various means <laughs> um, can say like the, the experiences in those places are just so nonlinear and so fluid that yeah. man, I would love to see that in my conscious yeah. brain. Like, and I do, I'll watch YouTube videos of like uh, people trying to like render, uh, you know, acid trips or mushroom trips <laughs> and stuff and just see like, and compare that hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> with those actual experiences that I, I and uh yeah it's always that, that comparison is interesting like yeah i mean that kind of is what it's like but almost yeah. but can can we actually really repeat it in our conscious brain it'd be really I mean, I was interesting thinking, thinking like you know if you could record your you know while you're having that that shower moment oh know, my gosh that. yeah Dude, it's so funny, so funny you mentioned that because that's been a huge frustration for me this week is that I'm trying to make a more deliberate uh, effort of writing and documenting I, those ideas, those little flickers of ideas as they like flow into your brain and out of your brain almost as instantaneously. Yeah. Um, and it happens 300 times a day. And I finally like, you know what? How many ideas? Up to this point, I've let my... Uh, I've just kind of been very hands off about that process of capturing those ideas. I've kind of just been of the opinion, like, well, the best ideas will take root and be captured. Mm. 
um, I shouldn't obsess too much about not writing it down in my sketchbook. Um, and I think there is some truth to that, but now I'm trying to swing and do it the opposite way. I'm like, no, I'm going to write everything down. Any little whisper of an idea, I'm going to document. And it is impossible. And it's, and what I've actually realized is that I have a way more good ideas than I thought now that I'm tuned into it more and I'm, I'm having a little more hands on, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ideas that I've just not been present enough to realize that there's just a lot going on there that I, I wasn't tuned into before. And yeah, yeah. I, same. I would love, I mean, if this could somehow be automatically downloaded into a notebook that I could then read. How bad would that be? It'd be life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing. Or maybe it'd be horrible. Maybe it's just one of those things that only <laughs> seems like brilliant at the time. <laughs> yeah. Like those I've ideas. Yo, yeah. Like your dream journey. You like wake up at 2 a.m. Like, oh my gosh, this is a brilliant billion dollar idea. This is going to change the world. You write it down, you sketch it out, and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, like that is what the is... dumbest idea I've ever heard. Like, I actually have the best example of that. Oh, please hit me. <laughs> so that had that exact same, like, to the point where, you know, you wake up and you're excited. You're yeah. excited because you remember it. You're excited because, like, why you were dreaming it. You realize you were like cognitive enough to know that, fuck, I need to write this shit down because yep. this is going to be game changing right so i had this idea i woke up managed to find i managed to rustle some shit up that was right next to my bed or, or maybe it was on my phone i think i made a note on my phone so i wake up the next day and i'm like didn't i have i had a mad idea last night what was that <laughs> and so i went through my phone it was like necklace with usb attached <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever see it coming <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was like, what? Well, maybe, <laughs> How did I think? Like, <laughs> okay, so, oh man, I wish I, uh, I'm going to actually look this up after we're done. This, I'm going to make a mental note right now. I want to study and get down like the Freudian like brain. There's all these names for like different parts of your brain, like your id and your superego and all that stuff. And I know that those would probably work for this conversation, but, but maybe we're wrong. Let's question our assumptions. Because like, remember the, the beginning of this conversation, I talked about my friends that had, and I, I don't remember if we were recording or not, but like the, the so many times that I've told my friends that their ideas are stupid, childish, and juvenile, <laughs> and then they go on to sell those ideas to Snapchat for $50, $50 million um, or <laughs> have start an incredibly successful company and cash out of that. And some of my dumbest friends with the dumbest ideas are now my wealthiest friends. Mm. And maybe the problem is we in this conversation have two overactive rational brains that are filtering our uh, our childish sleepy pure genius thoughts in the light of day and being like no that's stupid but what if what if those ideas are the right ones and our rational light of day brains are are the wrong ones you know what i mean Maybe they what you're st- saying is you want to go into business with USB necklaces. With USB necklaces. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, no, I, I, go I, on Amazon. It's not agree. an unsuccessful business. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, honestly, uh, I think I read a quote once. Or again, it was a YouTube video. I'm not too sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I spend far too much time on YouTube. Oh, me way. too, dude. Um, me too. <laughs> but basically, it was... Someone was talking about, it might have been a TED video, I can't remember. But basically they're talking about like what genius is. Yeah. And basically they said that genius is someone that didn't necessarily have the craziest idea. They just didn't stop. Yeah. They just carried on. Grit. Right? Like, the, and I feel like the trendy term for that is grit right now. 
The person with the most yeah. quick wins. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just didn't stop. They carried on. They believed in their shit so much. They just wouldn't stop until it did become successful. Absolutely. You know, and, and then, you know, they're called like fucking idiots at the beginning or their ideas are silly. And yep. then they go out and sell that shit $50 million yep. for Snapchat or something. Just because. <laughs> Shout out to Garrett carried... G. I love that we're keeping using the Garrett G example. <laughs> but I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. You know, yeah. that some, you know, uh, well, not, not every idea has to be, you know, layered in, in, in an incredible more amount of thought and philosophy mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, and all insight. the shit. Yeah. I mean, it's such a common story. Every. Steve Jobs talked about it. So many people talked about it. Like, if they started a company when they were sane and rational, they would have never have succeeded. It's just that being a certain level of naive is incredibly exactly. powerful. Exactly. 100%. And so it's capturing that. I hate the word That's naivete, why... but like cap- fostering that, uh, yeah. let's say, childish uh, indifference to failure <laughs> is, uh, yeah. is something worth capturing. That's Actually, why I think tra- transferable skills are so important. Transfer- yeah. Transferable skills, what do you mean by that? So I've, I've done some, some talent acquisition for some brands and stuff, just like as a, as a side hustle, because by the way, just to, if anyone's listening, the talent acquisition business model is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's incredible. Like, if you want to really? make some, <laughs> some money, just check out how talent acquisition works. It's the most, I can't believe that the structure is the way it is. It's mad. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, like, basically, if you get someone a job, like, you get a percentage of their, of what they make, which, but then there's a different ways that you can finesse um, that whole uh, interact, like, a whole business oh, interesting. Um, of that. We'll talk but, more about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason why... Um, I brought that was because when I was looking for, you know, the, when you're in this industry, it's such like it's such a niche industry that like really I would I, I would say that when you're in the product design in, industry, and then you focus on one particular area, let's say like footwear or or whatever it is, you can see if someone would be good at footwear that has never done footwear before. Yeah. Um, because there's just something about them, the way that they, you know, maybe they study products and they've done something else, or maybe they're an architect, or maybe they're, they're doing something else that you just like proportionally, they understand, they understand yeah, the they importance of that. They, they material innovation, like they get that they've got 100%. this, they've got that. And you can say like, you know, if you bring this over, just like pro- case in point, Tinker Hatfield was an architect, right? came over and dominated the footwear industry, you know, because of those transferable skills. 100%. And um, I think that's, that's just why that's so important, really, you know? Yeah, it's really true. I uh, I look back at my horrifyingly embarrassing early design work, and I, I kind of, again, that was yesterday. Um, I should post it. <laughs> I was seriously, I was contemplating, like, should I should I do an Insta story with this stuff? And I it was like... Is, it, is, that, it, is that why you posted that rendering with the shoe? Yeah, yeah. That was like, oh, okay, well, this is fine. That, this that was like sick. I remember, I remember when you did that. Yeah, yeah. It was like three years ago, and I just needed get back on sketching more shoes. I haven't mm. done it for a while, but uh, I, what I was planning on doing is I, I had that rendering and I'm, I'm like, I feel still feel pretty good. It definitely looks like a 2014 shoe to me, but it's still like, it's a good shoe from 2014. But then yeah. I like found some shoes from like 
2000, I want to say 2009, 2010 that were horrifyingly bad. <laughs> and it's so bad that I, I was like contemplating, I'm like, should I post the before and after and like give people some like idea of like, Oh, cause I, I know there's a lot of like design students that follow me. Huge percentage mm. of my followers are, are kids that I, and I look through the follower list. I'm like, Oh yeah, these are all kids going through school. And I'm like, yeah, I should show this. Like, you know, go from here to here. And that, that, that gap happens. But even when I was looking at my early, early day stuff, uh, I kind of realized like, you know, my skills were garbage, but I was thinking like a designer very early on and I can see that. Yeah. And I remember when I was trying to, I was working on a portfolio to get into design school and I was talking to a kid that was like four years older than me in, in the program. And I was just like really nervous and really anxious about it. Um, feeling like I had no shot of getting in. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> he told me, he's like, well, your portfolio is really weak. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. He's like, but you're going you're gonna to be fine. You get it. And I, I've always wondered what he meant by that and if I agreed with it. But I think there's, mm-hmm. there's an element of truth to it. The people that are farther in the head um, can kind of look at you and, and very quickly yeah, yeah. determine whether or not you get it. Oh, 100%. And I don't think uh, – and, and as much as I would love to say that you know, anybody could be a creative, anybody could be a designer, anybody could be a successful artist – I don't know if that's true. Mm. Um, I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion about it. I think uh, there's people that get it and there's people that don't. I think grit, being willing to stick with something long enough that you get good at it is, is non-negotiable. Yeah. I think a love for it is non-negotiable. Like if you love something so much, um, you're going to, you're going to get up every day and it's never going to feel like work. It's never going to feel like a real grind. Um, you're just going to keep hacking away at your skill set until you have what it's required because you love it and it'll be incredibly frustrating and it'll, it will be, uh, taxing, but like, yeah. And I think that's, maybe that's what he was talking about. Like, oh, you clearly are obsessed with this stuff. So you're going to be fine. That's the only way it can be. I think, I think you have to, it has to be a borderline unhealthy obsession. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm such a big advocate. Yeah, I uh, I come from a family of uh, like so many of us creatives of pragmatic, rational people that uh, <laughs> would have loved to see me get a job in IT or accounting or you know business management or whatever. Um, and they're big, huge advocates for balance and a balanced lifestyle and eating breakfast and getting eight hours of sleep. And um, I think there's definitely something to that. Like I do a lot of creative coaching these days and like I, a lot of my advice I'm finding out is like, Hey, do you do yoga? Do you meditate? Do you drink water? And like, so I, I'm a huge advocate of those lifestyle choices that uh, get your headspace in the right place. But I, I also find myself giving the advice. I'm like, when's the last time you, you pulled an all nighter, you know? And mm. like, cause I think there is that it's like binging and balance, binge and balance. Like you gotta, yeah, 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 yeah. you gotta be a little unhinged to do this well. Like those are Absolutely. where the, those brilliant moments come is when you are at the end of your rope. So when's the last time were you at the end of your rope? And maybe that yeah. has something to do with why your, your work is weak. Right. Cause once you get that bead, like, that's the thing is like, once you're in that zone, you just kind of like, you just do not want to get out of it. Yeah. And I was thinking kind of, kind of going back to the, to the analogy of a basketball player. Yeah. So, uh, specifically LeBron. So like, you know that whole that whole phrase of work smarter, not harder, and all that. Yeah, yeah. It is a hundred percent true uh, when it comes to design, right? Like as far as 
you're never gonna at least at least from from my own personal like experience like i need to i have my process i wake up i, I you know I, I listen to my music i go on my different my various websites or whatever and have my coffee and that might take a little while but i need that i need my time to get into my yeah. zone to, to to operate at a level where i'm just like okay i'm here now i'm in it you know um and you know sometimes it takes longer sometimes there, there's days where i don't i can't get into it yeah right? but i know that there's gonna i'm storing up for another day uh where i'm just gonna smash out a shitload of stuff how long does you it know? take on a on a good day uh to get into like a, a like a decent zone it yeah, probably your, your warm-up mode honestly till about it takes me usually about till like 12 that day like yeah. usually around noon i'm about ready that's when i'm about ready like you know, I've had my breakfast. I've had my, I've had my food. I've I actually like finding finding something to post on Concept Kicks is kind of part of like my process of getting me into that day as well. Mm. I've like it's such a part of my process now. Um, that was really frustrating when I can't find something. Um, you ever watch Stranger Things? I, yeah, I love Stranger Things. <laughs> was it Hooper is the cop? I can't remember his name, but he... uh, yeah. His, his line is like, mornings are for coffee and contemplation. <laughs> there we go. That's yeah, it. I think about that all the time. It. That's 100% it, you know? Yeah. And so, so, like, I mean, the reason, and the reason why I brought up LeBron James before was because he recently uh, got called, like, his, something in, in, in his, like, uh, analytics says that, he, says that he's the slowest player currently in the NBA, like, in the NBA playoffs. No way. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, I mean, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like, obviously, I mean, it, it's true. But it doesn't tell the. It actually tells you how good he is. Yeah. So like, it's it's the same thing with a shark, right? A shark isn't swimming at 100 miles. Well, I'm pretty sure a shark can't swim about 100 miles an hour. But it's not. It's not. It's not. Or 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 like Usain Bolt. Like he, you know, he's not going to sprint full speed like if he's running a fucking marathon. Like you got to pick your points where, you know, LeBron James is going to save as much energy as he can during when he's not like, when he doesn't have to work as hard, right? Like right. he's being smart about those bursts of energy. And it's for me, it's the same thing when it comes to to design or any kind of creative process. Like, I need to take you need to take care of your body. You need to figure out when you know roughly you think you're you're gonna you're gonna need to to sprint or you know kind of have that like high injection of of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes actually just comes like you know it comes out of nowhere. But I, I think that's the next phase of, of of kind of being a professional creative is being able to cultivate those moments. I'm being yeah. ready for those things. And having that know? wisdom and that like being able to step back and see what's necessary and applying exactly that force. Exactly. When I was exactly. young, when I was a young designer, I was I think this is your point. I was at 100 110% speed all the time and my yeah. forehead was on fire. My I had no <laughs> friends. I alienated everybody around me <laughs> because I was constantly just turned up all the way uh which made me irritable and focused and my work was somewhat okay, you know, for where mm-hmm. I was at, but it improved partly. I think my work was okay just because of how much, how motivated and how much I loved it and how uh, unforgiving and I was of my own work. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I was able to succeed despite that being on 110%. Yeah. And the older I got, my work vastly improved when I was able to kind of pull back and realize like, okay, this is the time to wander and be patient yeah. and see where the ideas are coming from and pace myself here. Oh, now it's time to go. And like, yeah. now we're going to like 
push really hard until we get to the point. And yeah, there's, there's, that just comes from practice. I think you go through enough yeah. processes and enough projects to realize like, Oh, okay. I don't need to be panicked at this point yet. <laughs> it's yeah, not time exactly. to panic. But then it gets to the point where you're just like, you're never panicked. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Get I'm not about. <laughs> yeah. My ideas come. Where are they right now? No idea. No, I have, I have no like, when's it do? It's due tomorrow. Due tomorrow. Yeah. It'll work out. I got it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I actually have noticed that. I went, I went on a trip uh, with a bunch of friends. Some were creative, some were not. And it was so funny watching the difference. Um, there was a moment where, without getting into too many details, like the, the trip seemed absolutely ruined unless we found a solution in like the next two hours. And the people that were not designers were an absolute wreck. And the designers, we kind of had this moment where we looked at each other and we just kind of laughed because we knew that like, oh, we're constantly in this mode in our professional lives of like everything is going to fall apart any minute. And we kind of all gotten kind of war torn about it. Like we just like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. It'll work out. And none of us were stressed at all. It's kind of nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to be able to be, it's nice and maybe a little bit, (laughs) maybe a little bit, I don't know. No. Um, I don't know, kind of yeah, that that's like kind of the norm. Uh, it's funny because I was actually, I'm actually trying to veer away from 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 client projects in general. Um, yeah, the the dream, I guess, but it's it's getting there. Um, but it's funny because I I recently picked something up as like a quick a quick project, and um and they're really rushing for time and all that stuff. But it's kind of one of those projects where you know that like. You're, you're a pretty big asset to it um, mm-hmm. without being like egotistical or, or anything like that. It's just like, you know, you know, when you know your shit and, and, and they're kind of leaning on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was about to get this thing out uh, or whatever. I, I sent over some, some stuff and, and um, basically they expected like something a little different um, yeah, than what I'd case. sent. Yeah. And, um, and they're, so they're freaking out and all that stuff. And so, um, there's another consultant that's working on the project uh, with me, and uh, and they're actually the reason why I'm on the. They were actually the reason why I'm on the project because they recommended me. Um, they're like a lot younger and 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 newer to the industry, and uh, I was like, basically, I'm just going to have to send them an email saying everything you're saying is not necessarily true. Okay. And, um, <laughs> so she's like, they're not going to like that. I was like, I could not give less of a shit if they don't like that because this is <laughs> this is the reality of the situation. Yeah, and um, it is what it is. And so I sent the email, and everything was good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you're a young designer, that's terrifying. It's, yeah, when you've been in it for a while, you're just like, I mean, I could not. I, it's it just is. It is what it is. You don't need this. You don't need that. Just do that, and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, and be honest, be true. Yeah, exactly. It, it I mean, it's out. not even being a not being a dick about it, you know, being super respectful um, and understanding where they're coming from, but at the same time being like, this is just, this is the most efficient way to be. Yeah. At least in my opinion, anyway. So when you, I mean, you, with client work and stuff, you have, you have a lot, I feel like you have one of the most precious um, things you can have as a creative and that's ownership of your time. Yeah. Do you feel like that's pretty true for you? Like you, you get to control your day. A thousand percent. Yeah, for me that's massively important. You know, that's and and honestly, it's something that I wouldn't say I, t- I definitely don't take it for granted. But I don't know another, any other way because I never worked for a large brand. I always, yeah. um, when I uh, straight from straight from graduation, 
at uh, uni product designer. I was already inter- I was interning with my boy that was an in, in, like, independent footwear designer. So that's kind of like right from there, uh, there on out, um, just doing my own thing. So, you know, having that freedom um, is something that I'm just so, I'll, it would be so hard for me to like do a nine to five or something just because I'm just not used to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there has been times. Trust like, me, even when you're um, used to it, it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah, but um, especially in the industry where we're in, where, you know, you, it's kind of flighty. Like, who's to say that, that you're most effective during that time period? You know, like. Oh, nobody. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, um, it's it's definitely something that um, I take. You know, I, I said before, maybe I take it a little for granted, but, I, you know, I, I don't think I do. Um, it's just, yeah, you're pretty it's careful. just, you just have to make sure you manage it really well, you know? Um, it's funny you mentioned that I, uh, I reference this book a lot in conversation, but it's called uh, daily rituals. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I don't even actually remember who wrote it, but it's a really valuable work. Oh, Mason Curry. Um, he, and he's a writer, but the guy basically just went and tried to research as many creatively brilliant or just brilliant people, their daily habits and like put them in chapters. Yeah. So like there's actually I got the book right here. I'm going to open up. I was lucky that it was just handy. <laughs> oh, I can't find, damn it. Um, basically there's, there's an Albert Einstein chapter. There's a, you know, uh, there's an Elon Musk chapter. There's Andy Warhol, Ernest Hemingway. Like he goes through all these people and my, he, he, wrote this book for the same reason that I'm reading it is he's struggling with giving, getting, you know, the most squeezing the most productivity out of his day, squeezing the best work out of his, you know, from his rituals and wanted Mm. to see what the ideal ritual was. And that's why I went and read it. And the interesting thing is everybody's days were just so, so different. There was zero consistency, like zero. (laughs) Like I even try to like go through across like, you know, categories. Well, because like, okay, so everybody's day seems to be so different from Winston Churchill, Ernest Hemingway, but maybe all writers' days or successful writers' days would be consistent. And even if you'd like filter out for just the writers or just the choreographers or just the playwrights or sculptors, all of their days are so different than each other. But yeah. what seems to be the case is that consistency seems to be the one consistency, if that makes mm. sense. Like yeah, yeah. people tend to find out what works for them and stick with that. And yeah. the people who have the ability to do that seem to pump out the best work. So it sounds like, I mean, as you were describing your rituals, like it sounds like you're doing yeah. the same thing every day, more or less. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely a lot of travel involved, but I think when you're kind of, you know, you're not to, to be able to crank out that work, to feel comfortable in that, in that, in that process. And that's what I think that's honestly, I think is the one thing I, sh- I, I wouldn't say struggled with because um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, well, maybe not at the beginning because it was incredibly frustrating, but like figuring out what that process was. Yeah. And um, and I feel like it's something that is constantly evolving as well. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, Again, that comes back down to the presence of mind is being able to be present enough to like actually look at what you're doing and recognize what's working, what isn't, and be honest yeah. with yourself about that. Exactly. And um, and that's you know I I think you know especially if a lot of your your listeners are, are young design students. You know, the one thing that, without getting too much into like education and all that stuff, I think the one thing that um, I think education gives you 
that is almost more valuable than the lessons that you learn is the time to get better at the skills um, that you've learned at the beginning of the, mm. of that of the of the of the of the classes because you know you've got like four years I took like five years um, and to be honest like I'll say a lot of the stuff I learned at the beginning was massively impactful and it kind of petered out towards the end as far as at least from my teachers it was more so from my peers and from professionals that i learned really big lessons from yeah um but then it was just like i just needed the time to get better do you know what i mean like a lot of the stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of the lessons you learn can only be applied when you're of like a, a decent skill skill level of enough like a, a, of a decent skill level to apply those lessons to so oh yeah you know you could learn a There's shitload of like oh, so, yeah, hundred percent. And that's that for me is was the most valuable thing about being in that environment. It's okay, you have time, and it's like there is no societal pressure to be like you should be this by now. You should be that. Like, it's you're in such a lovely bubble that it's okay for you to take your time to learn. And I, I would say that it's probably the most valuable thing, really, to learn learn your skills, but also learn your process. What works for you? Look at how other people do things. How do they create? So for me, like when I. My, one of my biggest things was like when I learned about uh, who Daniel Simon was and how he works. Do you know Daniel Simon? Uh, name some, who's Daniel Simon? So he is a a German um, concept. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Designer. Yeah, like he did like he does incredible, concept incredible artist. stuff. Yeah, concept artist. Like he does, he did all that vehicle, um, all the vehicle designs for uh, for Tron. Um, he has like he has like books uh, called I think it's called Cosmic Motors. He did, he the guy is incredible. But what what I found out was that the the time limit for him when he's working on a set is so 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 short. He has to go from idea to to pretty much final concept within like a twenty four hour window. Really? Right? So you're looking at this shit and you're like, are you absolutely kidding me? Like this guy did this in like twenty four hours. That is ridiculous. His process must be so efficient. Mm-hmm. and so i kind of looked at how he did his obviously he's it's, it, his what he does is very different to, to what i but just taking little bits from that taking little bits from other people and then just like seeing what worked i think that was one of the most valuable things at that time um, yeah that took a long time for me to figure out to be honest and try some shit yeah you know just like try some shit. stuff's not gonna work like that's i mean that's why i'm like in this mode where i'm trying to record every thought that comes into my head <laughs> yeah because maybe that will work Maybe that's yeah. gonna unlock something. Maybe not. Maybe I'm gonna find out it's useless. But like, uh, you just gotta keep trying stuff and find out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, oh, damn. That was something that uh, that I wanted to say about that, and I can't remember it. But that I think that means that we're about winding down on, <laughs> on this podcast. Um, I think that's really good advice, though. Um, dude, thank you so cool. much for coming on. And, uh, Thank you for having me, me, man. Giving me an hour of your time. I, I want to do this again soon. Yeah. Well, if you uh, plan on making any trips over this way, let me know. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in London in July. So, yeah, let's let's plan on that. Um, tell my uh, listeners where they can find you. So, you can find my uh, my personal slash designer alter ego at Mr. Bailey underscore on Instagram. Or you can go to at Concept Kicks um, Instagram for Concept Kicks, conceptkicks.com. Um, I guess yeah, those are the those are the the main ones. Yeah, give that guy a follow. It's worth it. I think I I think you're one of my oldest Instagram followers on my following oh, list. Yeah. Like early early days, I think I remember you were one of the first people. I'm like, oh, this is the shit that's on Instagram. 
<laughs> like, I, I'm, I am one hundred percent all in. Oh, so shit. Yeah, this has been a long history, and I'm I'm, I'm glad to follow you. Um, yeah, let's work on something soon. Yeah, I'm down, man. We always we, down. We need to make that happen. It's a long time coming. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Me too, man. All right, cool. Thanks so much, dude. Appreciate it, man. Looking forward to hearing this. Okay, that is it. Thank you guys so much for joining me uh, for this episode of Creative Consume with Mr. Bailey of Concept Kicks. He is awesome, dude, as you could probably tell. Just the nicest, warmest guy. Uh, supremely committed to the creative arts and pushing himself. And um, really great source of inspiration if you're looking for inspiration on footwear or any creative endeavors. Hit up his website. He's got a great website. He does a lot of uh, playlists. So if you're looking for you know, some inspiring music to sketch to, you know, mood board, whatever you need to do, um, He's got a soundtrack for you for that activity. So there's a lot of good reasons to keep in touch with that guy. So I recommend you do it. But also, you know what? Keep in touch with me. Um, this podcast is ramping up. A lot of you guys are hitting me up and asking me when's the next episode, when's the next episode. And man, I appreciate that. That's a good feeling. So thank you. Keep doing it. Keep on me. Um, turns out podcasting is, uh, you know, time consuming and can be kind of difficult. And I'm just, you know, we're in the first season here. We're working out some kinks, but, uh, we're ramping up production. We're going to be coming out. I'm going to be coming out with, uh, more and more episodes, um, quicker and faster. And we got a huge long list of people that, um, I've already talked to. I've got pod, I've got podcast episodes, um, in the chamber, man, that I just need to launch, uh, and more conversations coming up. So subscribe, and keep on me. Keep hitting me up. Tell me people that you want to hear from. Nobody said no yet. So everybody is, seems to be down to talk. So uh, whoever it is you want to hear, tell me. And I'll, I'll hit them up. We'll talk. We'll have a conversation. Two or three at a time. We got it. Um, but yeah, want to keep having these inspiring conversations. Want to keep publishing them. Want to keep sharing them with you guys. So subscribe to this podcast. Keep, keep uh, the support coming. We got a lot of cool things coming on the, on the horizon. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks again. I'll see you soon. 